Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Well, hello, welcome back to my podcast. I hope you've had a great week. I have had such a busy week <laughs> and I'll break down everything that I'm being, I've been up to. But I did go to Accra, but I got back and I immediately started pushing perspective which is my other podcast and it's recorded live with a live audience and it's a podcast on gender issues right so i needed to push it via you know various interviews on radio stations and on a tv station to get as many people coming to be part of the podcast as the audience entry is absolutely free if you're nairobi tuesday 6 p.m come through to clubhouse k1 clubhouse it's um in parklands and yeah we'll have a really good time if you're listening to this on thursday or on wednesday <laughs> well it already passed so maybe you'll make it for the next one but yeah um yeah so that has been taking up most of my time i have to admit i am really nervous first i hope everybody that's coming arrives on time and I know that's something that I can't control, but eee, my anxiety is just like, please, guys, come on time. And secondly, there's going to be many people in the audience who are going to be coming for perspective for the first time. And so I hope they really enjoy it. Imagine like, so I'm nervous about that. I'm nervous about the conversation and I hope it flows as smoothly as I've prepped it to. I'm just nervous and anxious like rolled up in what it gets so bad sometimes that like i get home and i just want to sleep because that's the only way i can turn off my mind i'm just like i just let me just sleep please send me your good vibes if you can't be there just be like ah, send those good vibes my way but i think it's normal when you've created something that's almost like your baby it's you know like creatives you're attached to everything you create right and so you just wanted to prosper and all the fears around that are so real but i think it's normal just make sure it doesn't like cripple me but anyway yeah so there's that so i've done a, a couple of radio interviews which is interesting because now i was on the other side <laughs> of the radio studio i wasn't the interviewer i was the interviewee but I think it went pretty well. So shout out to everybody who gave me an opportunity to be on their show. Also, this week, I start my consultancy job. I feel like such an adult saying that. I'm like, I'm a consultant. <laughs> I've unlocked a new level of adulting. But yeah, so a couple of months ago, maybe like a month and a half or two months ago, I was part of the Africa Women in Media Conference. The organizer... I think a night or two before the actual conference, um, invited me for dinner. She had landed in Nairobi by this time. She's from Nigeria, but lives in the UK. And she was like, oh, let's go for dinner at um, one of my friend's houses in Nairobi. So we all went for dinner and it turned out the lady was the owner of one of Kenya's top magazines, right? And it's been top magazine for like eons. Anyway, so she's like talking to me. And this is my first time meeting her. She's like talking to me about, you know, moving her magazine into the digital age, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just having like normal or what I think is a normal conversation. And then she's like, let's swap numbers because I think you can help me with some stuff. Fast forward, um, 
to let's say three weeks ago we're talking we have a meeting and now she wants me to help her set up a new youth platform and yeah I think it'll be really fun. It's a nice challenge and it's something that I believe in because I love working with the youth. I'll keep updating you on this new adulting level <laughs> that I've unlocked. Um, but yeah, so Monday, 5.55 a.m., I landed back in Nairobi from Accra, Ghana, which is one of the best places I've ever traveled to. Accra is just so beautiful. The people are so warm and so nice. So the first time I was in Accra, I was only in their airport, right? And it was the worst experience ever. I was coming back from London. So I was going um, London to Paris, Paris to Nairobi. But my London flight was delayed. So by the time I got to Paris, I'd missed my connecting flights. I was at the airport, nobody speaking English, so frustrated. And you know, I get... I become such a drama queen <laughs> when I'm frustrated. I keep my husband could talk. So I send him a message because now I'm just fed up. I'm like, they're not telling us how they're going to reroute this flight. I really want to get home. I'm not sure about my luggage situation. Where is it to begin with? And I send my husband uh, a chat. <laughs> Looking back, I'm just like, why was I being so stupid? I'm like, if I never see you again. <laughs> Just know I loved you. Imagine. And all that's happening is that I'm just kind of stuck in an airport. Of course, they're going to reroute me. But I was just so sick of being away from home and from the people I love and from the people and things that I know and my bed. So I literally just walked up to the guy at the counter. And I don't even know to this date if he understands English. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me. Monsieur. Okay, I didn't say that. But I was like, excuse me, I really have to get home. And I I don't want to stay here at night. I don't want to do it. I can't. Put me on the next flight that gets me as close to Nairobi as possible. And he's like, okay. So then he put me on a flight from Paris to Ghana. And then I was going to connect from Ghana to Nairobi. How is this flight from Paris to Ghana delayed as well? <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Um, it's delayed a bit and we finally get on the flight and I'm pissed as hell. I'm not even eating food at this point. I'm just like, I just, just want Nairobi. Is that so hard to ask, guys? I just want Nairobi. And at this point, I don't know if my luggage is on the flight with me. I'm just... I'm just tired and I've done so much shopping, so much shopping in London. But I was like, you know what? I just want to get to my home. If it means I get there without my luggage, it's all right. On this flight to Ghana, the woman seated beside me, I think she was Ghanaian. And she starts speaking to me in a language that I don't know. They brought us food. I'm not eating because I'm pissed off. I just want to get home. <laughs> she starts speaking to me and she's older. So I'm thinking... She's checking on this young girl, like, are you okay? Nah, nah, nah. So I tell her, okay, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm from Kenya. I'm not from Ghana. And then she says, oh, I just wanted to know if you're going to eat that and proceeds to eat my food, guys. So really, I'm just like, Jesus, take the wheel. We land in Accra. I jump off the plane, sprint across, I pass one of their desks, the lady's taking 10 years to clear me, and I'm trying to tell her, I need to get, 
across here because my next flight to Nairobi, I'm literally like 10 minutes. I've got 10 minutes. So please just let me go. Anyway, long story short, I get onto um I get onto the flight to Nairobi. Get to Nairobi. First I just looked like hell, like my wig was at some random angle. I just looked like I'd come from a storm. And I'm like, okay, where's my luggage? <laughs> and the guy at the counter is like, well, they said they loaded it in Ghana, but it looks like it's not here. I was like, no shit. Of course it's not here. So it was a back and forth and I lose it. I start lying. I'm like, you know what, Kenya Airways? My medication is in that um, suitcase. And if I die tonight... <laughs> My blood is on your hands. Yeah. So I heard the ruckus. My husband is outside, like the glass screens at the airport. So he's seeing this drama and he can't hear anything. It's just like, what the heck is happening? I leave without my luggage. But my luggage gets um, here the next morning. Was it the next morning? Yeah, the next morning. So whenever somebody would mention Ghana, that was a memory that I would have. So fast forward. So that happened in 2017. Fast forward to this year, I get an invite by Facebook. So they want to celebrate young Africans who they believe are icons of change. And so it's a great thing. And I'm like, oh, this is so humbling. Like, what? This is so great. And they're like, yeah, we want all of these 40 young Africans that we've selected to convene at Accra or in Accra in Ghana for like a small summit thing. And we get to know each other and we go through workshops and panels in any so Accra, I'm like, PTSD from my last encounter. <laughs> and I was like, I must make new memories. So I leave for Accra on a Thursday, Thursday morning. And because I'm flying Kenya Airways and I have zero confidence in our national airline, I pack two outfits in my hand luggage backpack plus shoes. So I'm just like, if you all lose my luggage again... I'll be okay for two days. Then you have to get your shit in order. Yeah, so I pack, n hoping for the worst. Get to the airport, um, expecting, not hoping for the worst, actually, expecting the worst. But everything is on time. So going there, everything is on time. I'm like, all right, all right, not bad, KQ, not bad. Let's see when we arrive, if my luggage is going to arrive with me. And I get to Accra, it's about a five, five and a half hour, close to six hour um flight i get to Accra and my luggage was there and i'm like wow but anyway on the flight there i am seated at the window seat it's a three-seater side so there's i'm at the window seat there's a guy in the middle and a guy on the aisle and the guy in the middle is a guy called steve so i realized when we were taking off he is trying to get a shot of the wing as we take off which is obviously hard because i'm at the window so you know we start talking because <laughs> it's a bit awkward. Somebody's hand is in your face. <laughs> you might as well become friends. And when we start talking and he tells me it was his first time in Nairobi. He came um, with a family that was celebrating their grandmother's 70th birthday, I think. Yeah, so he was contracted to shoot their holiday, which I thought was cool. I was like, what? Those are some good levels. Even me. 
Next family holiday, we need to get a whole team to come and shoot it, make a production of it. Anyway, so we begin talking and one of the typical questions that I ask is, so what can I do in Accra? I'm only here for a very short time. I leave on Sunday um, evening and he starts giving me tips. He's like, oh yeah, there's a street festival called Chalewate. Just giving me ideas of places to go. Six hours later, we arrive in Accra. And I just thought, because you know what would happen in Nairobi is like you'd swap numbers with someone and then you'll just WhatsApp them, you know, go to the national park, go to blah, blah, blah. So he is like helping, right? And he's like, you need to change money. Okay, let me show you where the Forex Bureau is. I go outside, get to the Forex Bureau, change my money, come out. And he's like waiting. Um, it was me and a two other girls from Kenya who were also part of the Facebook summit. He's like telling us, yeah, where's your hotel? Okay, your hotel is here, Sawa. The street festival is this far from you guys, blah, blah. I could walk, but maybe you can't. Like he was just being really helpful in a way that I've not experienced in Nairobi. Then we left and we said bye. And he was like, okay, let me know on Saturday. Once you're done with the summit, maybe we could take you to the street festival. I'm like, that's so nice. Anyway, so we get the, the hotel. I call my husband and I'm like, oh my God, I met this guy and he's being so nice. Nah, nah, nah. And, you know, Nairobi has conditioned us to be so untrusting. So even I was on edge. I'm like, mm, why is he helping me so much? I knew it wasn't an issue of being hit on because he spoke about his wife and his kids and stuff. And my husband was like, does he want you to pay him? Which is a thing that would happen in Nairobi. Actually, Nairobi has made us so untrusting of people. It's so terrible. But I love that this experience made me remember that there's some really good humans out there. Anyway, so you get to the hotel. We're staying at the Kempinski, which is fantastic. However, since I extended my trip by one night and the organizers weren't going to cover my accommodation for that night, I was going to leave Kempinski because Kempinski money is a lot. <laughs> And on Booking.com, I'd found another hotel. Day one, we're at Kempinski, and it's fun. I get to meet all of these amazing Africans from Nigeria, South Africa, Sierra Leone, um, Senegal, Kenya, of course. <laughs> and, oh, there was a, a girl from Madagascar. It was just so amazing, and they were all doing um, some sort of social enterprise also charged up and so warm. We're in a WhatsApp group, all of us together. And the love, you can just see the love is there from that short um, summit. And so what would happen is we had workshops on how to boost either our businesses or our programs using Facebook. We had panels. I was on a panel and the audience was made up of students from Ghanaian secondary schools and we got to talk to them about setting up a social enterprise or programs to solve community issues. It was just so fantastic. But um, day one of the summit it started so early, my God, I had to wake up. Anyway, when we were done, we went out for dinner and the dinner place had this band that was performing. And one of my friends who was part of the 40 Young Africans label, we left him in the club alone. Can you imagine? <laughs> because he would not leave the dance floor. And he ended up going out clubbing to a place called Republic. I'm telling you this because it's going to make sense in my story. <laughs> so that was day one Friday. 
Saturday is the day, last day of the summit. So most people are leaving Saturday night. So we do the morning sessions and then I'm like, okay, let me check out and check into the other hotel I'd booked because remember, I don't have Kempinski money. So I get a, a driver from Kempinski. I'm like, cool. And I show you my booking.com app. I'm like, this is where my hotel is. I want to go there and drop my luggage and then come back here, reconvene with my friends who were still around because their flight was much later. And we were going to go and check out the street festival. I go. So first, my first red flag should have been that this Kempinski driver who has been driving in Accra for six years has no idea about this hotel. But I'm like, whatevs, let's go and find it. It must be there. I've made my booking. And we're driving, 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 get lost, stop. We got lost like two times, asked for directions. Even the passersby, passerbys, passersby, passers, the guys <laughs> who are passing by the car <laughs> had no idea where this hotel is. So now I'm like, hey, okay, but we've come this far. We must find it. So we're driving, 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 driving. And then we turn on to this very gangster-looking area. So I'm like, hey, bro, it cannot possibly be here. But I'm also catching myself because I'm like, Adele, you can't judge a place by the way it looks. You know, so I'm having those internal conversations with myself. And then we get to say the hotel. Even the driver asked me, madam, do you want me to walk you to the... <laughs> To the, to the entrance alone. I'm like, no, I got this. You stay in the car with the suitcase and you just like monitor. And there are two men who seem to be fighting right outside this hotel. But I'm like, no, I think they're having a spirited debate. As I get closer, jabs are being thrown and I can sense like these guys are not sober. That short walk to the entrance of the hotel, I made up my mind that I'm going in to cancel because I was like, mm -mm, nope, not happening. So I get in, and this hotel does not look anything like the photos on Booking.com, guys. As in, it doesn't look, it doesn't. It does not look anything like it. So I'm like, what the? What the? Where are they? What is this? So I get the counter, and I tell the guy, yo, um, I made a bookcake for tonight, but may want to cancel. And he was so calm, like he had done this before, because his first um, reaction was like, okay, give me your phone, let me give you the Wi-Fi so you can cancel. Imagine, if there was no, madam, what can we do to make, no. That's when I was like, this is a scam. Anyway, so I cancel, I get back into the car with the driver, and I tell him, we are going back. <laughs> We're going back to Kempinski. At this point, I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to fork out this Kempinski money. Because you see, like when you're traveling, first, traveling as a woman alone, you're already on edge, right? You're just like, Psh, anything can happen to me. Secondly, I had my valuables, my passport, my blah, 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 blah. I was like, I need to, a room where I can put it in a safe. Like, <laughs> and then I was just like, this is not the time to now be trying to look for Wi-Fi because I didn't have a SIM card, eh? I was like, to look for Wi-Fi and start searching for other hotels. I was just like, me, I just need a secure place for one night. Like, that's it. That is it. So, went back to Kempinski and I was told the, the chick at the counter. I was like, yeah, I just checked out. I'd like to check back in. <laughs> and then, I was like, now we can start enjoying Accra. So, Steve, the guy I met at the, in the airplane, was going to come with his crew because he works with like um, photographers he works with, um, 
and he came with another model chick. They were going to come and meet me at the Chale Water Festival. So it's a street festival that is so fucking fantastic and it has so much art people are drawing on the on the on the road like literally on the tarmac people have dressed up in wearable art and they're walking around um there's music blaring and the kids are dancing you can get your face painted so the first night that we go we go a little late because it's it's good to go during the day so you can see all the art and all the color so we go a little late and i went with most of my friends who were going back to South Africa because their flight was at 10 p.m. So we were getting to the Chale Water Festival at about 5. Yeah, so it was already getting a bit darker. So we ended up going to a stage where musicians were playing. And behind the stage, we were like, oh, wait, there's the beach. Then we went to the beach and we just turned up. And we met so many people at the beach. It was, it's like a club at the beach. We met... Um, a musician from DRC, and we just stopped to take a photo with him and his crew because they were dressed so like in like urban African. They were looking so cool. Anyway, so we took a photo with them. Turns out he's a really big deal in DRC. He's called Easy Montana. Randomly, we were doing like you know you have to take photos for the gram. We're doing, <laughs> taking photos, and we hear some Africans beside us, and they're speaking a language that my South African friends recognize, and they're like, "Hey." Are you from South Africa? Yes. And there's another chick from Rwanda, another one from Uganda. Like, it was a convening of <laughs> African countries. So it was really fun. And then Steve, the guy I met in the airplane, and his friends came. So he came with another photographer friend who he works with called Barry, and a gorgeous chick. Her name is Freema. She's a Ghanaian model based in South Africa. And her energy is just amazing. So they all came together. We turned up a bit there because then my South African friends had to go to the airport and then we went to Republic. Republic, if you are ever in Accra, is the dopest club ever. It's not even a club club. It's just an experience, man. It's just an experience and they're known to have some really, really good drinks and I had one of their drinks, a Kokroko, if I've said it right, and another short it's called the ginger short. So this was us at Republic. Okay, the name of the drink is Kokoko. And uh, it has hibiscus juice and then cane spirit. Yeah. And then a, a touch of mint. And um, so we also have done a shot. What's the shot? The shot is ginger and akpeteshi. Akpeteshi is the name for the local cane spirit. So it's very... Potent. It's very potent. Yes, it is. You don't you don't drink it and smile. If 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 you don't make a face, then there's something wrong with you. Oh yeah, it has moringa in it too. There's moringa in it as well. It's very healthy. So that's Steve and Freema explaining to me what exactly I was drinking. And let's just say, yo, <laughs> those drinks are lethal. Cause I went to other clubs after Republic. And I didn't have to drink anything. After having two cockroaches, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, and one ginger shot. Like, my body was just like, enough. We have reached our limits. <laughs> Got back to the hotel at 3 a.m. And then went for a cycling tour of Accra. Again, it was Steve and Barry who organized this for me. You see how the people are just so nice? Yeah, so basically you get on a bicycle. It's this guy called Mark, and he runs a really cool business where he does 
on Sundays, bicycle tours of Accra. So you just get on a bicycle and you can do it as a group, but I was alone, so I did it alone. And he'll just take you to various places. I knew the one place that I wanted to go to was the Osu Castle. So the Osu Castle is, it's a lot because, you know, it was a castle, it's beautiful, it's dainty, it's white, but then there are dungeons where slaves used to be kept. And the slaves didn't even know that this castle was there because they were tunnels that they used to be transported through underground. Actually, one part of the castle has like a church, like a tiny chapel church thing. And right below it is a dungeon where the slaves were crying and they had no ventilation, no air they would poop and pee in the right in the same place that they were sleeping. No lights. Yet on top somebody's praying. It it's I don't know. It's so heavy. It's so heavy. And it makes you just wonder as human beings, how the heck did we get to that point? When you come out of the dungeons, there's a door that is called the point of no return or the door of no return, the point of no return. The the tour guide, his name was Patrick. He tells me that. And so I asked him, okay, why is this thing called that? And he says, because as a slave, when you get to this point, you're not coming back to Accra. Yeah. So that was, that was very heavy. So we cycled um, to the Osu Castle, um, to the Freedom Arc. And what I loved about Mark's whole cycling thing is that he takes photos for you. Like he understands everything that you would want done. So you can really just focus on enjoying the the ride. And it's also real Accra. Real Accra. You're not you get to see all sides of, of Accra. And if you ever go to that place, just look for what is his Insta? Yes. Accra cycle share underscore GH. You will not regret it. Anyway, so after I finished my cycle, Barry comes pick me up. We go to my hotel so I can check out. I leave my suitcase at the hotel and then we go to the Charlie Water Festival. Now I'm there during the day so I can see all of the art. And the festival happens on a street, long street, like you walk, you walk, you walk, you walk, you walk, you walk. But there's art everywhere. There's people dancing. And also there's an old prison um, that's not being used anymore, of course. And in each cell, there's like art installations. It's just freaking amazing. There's this space where it's just graffiti, like it's a huge space. And they have been preparing for like three weeks, just doing this artwork and some are even doing the artwork live there there was and i shared this video on my insta timeline there's a guy who's doing live sculptures so you sit and he does basically a sculpture of your face it was so cool and the area that the charlie water face festival happens is jamestown and it's known for boxes like very many top boxes have come from that area so randomly you're walking on the street at the festival and there's like a crowd and kids are being taught how to box (laughs) 
it's the energy was just so amazing anyway we finish at the charlie water festival we go and meet steve he was at work we go and meet him at a restaurant have my final plate of Ghanaian jollof <laughs> ah, which is just so tasty and then pick up my suitcase and head back to the airport so as much as i was there for a very short time accra taught me a lot i think it reminded me that there are some really great human beings right we don't have to be so suspecting of everyone just because like nairobi really makes you that it makes you second guess everyone it makes you not believe in the goodness of people right just for being good sake accra was a good reminder that not everybody wants to con you or do something bad to you it reminded me how beautiful it is to be a creative and to create stuff just for creating sake so i'm glad that i went there now when i'm in a creating phase i really just loved it if you ever have a chance to go to accra aki take it even if it's in kq will probably frustrate you <laughs> just take it so i've shared um a pretty long story but i do have a short 100 african story for you and this i recorded in a cab on the way to the chale water festival with my south african friends remember i told you we left lebo when we had gone for dinner on the friday night and he ended up going to a club republic something happened to him at the club that has had me laughing since he told me as in <laughs> i was like surely <laughs> were we in the same accra A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Eh, uh, there's a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. My night out. I was there by what is this place? Republic. Uh-huh. So it's a place. It's a nice place. It's chilled, you know, we chill with people. I was drinking there. So I'm a man, you know. It was that time of the night like hey. You know? Uh my my blood was running to the right direction. I saw this woman, I was like, "Hey, hi." And I was like, "How like I want to have fun." You know, it must translate. I think it must make sense to her. Yeah. And she was like, "Do you have 500 dollars?" I was like, "500." No, comrade. I think you need to rethink your strategy. It does not work. Accordingly, you know, I think we need to redesign the package. <laughs> you know, and then she told me all the benefits that come with that package and I was like, "Lida, this thing I know it. It's not supposed to be this way." You know? Yeah. You know, I just, you know, and so obviously there's a follow-up question. So what does it entail yeah. you know uh, she spoke about massage <laughs> she was like oh nice. massage <laughs> do i really need a massage no <laughs> i need a different massage <laughs> you know so that was the that was that was the thinking you know yeah. i'll massage uh, hold your feet feet heba <laughs> what is this thing <laughs> No, I'm like no, it's fine. No, I was like no, my sister, it's fine. I'm okay. Uh, I'll make a plan. There's other ways to outsource this thing. 
you know? And then, you know we have Wi-Fi. Yeah. So you can outsource now. Ah! You know? I am not proud of you right now. It's fine. It's not be. Yeah, look, man. I'm an honest person. Uh, I'm a human being. Yeah. It's unfortunate that I can't buy a toy of some sort. But equally, the reality is, one must do what a man must do <laughs> to get the struggle going. <laughs> Catch our next African stories in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode, my tales from Accra and Lobo's Madness. Guys, remember that you can join our Insta tribe at Lickly Clueless Podcast. And I'll keep updating you on the various platforms that you can find the podcast. I'm trying to add it on to various, various platforms so that you don't have to move from your favorite podcast platform to find it. And I'll be making those announcements as it's added on our Insta. So just look for Legally Clueless Podcast, follow and join the tribe. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.